Hey friends, welcome to the Brew Stories podcast where we dive into the stories behind some of coffee's greatest people and shops. There's a lot of content out there that goes into specifics on industry and politics, but what we want to hear is people's stories. My name is Greg Saunders. And I'm Keith Vailapet. And we truly are passionate about two things, people and coffee. So we figured, what better way to combine these two passions than by creating conversations in our local cafes? There's a lot of wisdom to be gained by listening to the stories of those who have gone before us. So we hope you'll join in as we listen and learn more about some of our favorite baristas, how they came to be, and how they're changing the ways we look at coffee. Hey guys, uh, Greg here. I'm sitting outside of the Boyan Bear with Andres. Andres, do you want to just introduce yourself and tell us about your shop a little bit? Yes, uh, my name is Andres Pineros. Um, I'm from Colombia and I moved here uh, almost four years ago to with well with the goal of opening um, this coffee roastery that everything that is uh, direct traded Colombian coffee. So yes, I moved here four years ago. It took about 26, 28 months to get it all done. And we've been open for nearly eight months now. And yeah. it's super, wow. super successful, yes. And you guys rebranded from Fika Company into Boyenberg. Talk to me about that. Yes, actually we started out in 2012 as the Fika Company in Colombia. Okay. We opened up a small kiosk at a um, four like high-end restaurant facility and we test uh, well, we test this kiosk as a, as a pilot project. So we understood numbers, we understood what people really like, likes, um, branding, packaging. So we decided that it was an amazing business. Yeah. Uh, we got to meet enough farmers in Colombia and um, we decided to move here in 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just came here with a... Um, <laughs> Suitcase, yeah. a ticket for a rental car, that's crazy. and that's all we had. Mm-hmm. What's next? So even from finding a place to live, getting to know the city well. Well, I lived here in 2008 okay. for a year and a half, so I had a, a good idea of how Los Angeles, like mm-hmm. it's you know like lay lay, lay, lay down. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's too big. So yeah. and even more when you want to open a a, mm-hmm. a, a coffee shop or a coffee roastery, mm-hmm. like what's the perfect spot to open it. Mm-hmm. So it took me about eight months to find the perfect location. Yeah. About six months with all the permitting, uh, plus all the research. It was 28 months wow. basically okay. on the opening. So this guy from Colombia, one suitcase, one That's rental great. car, yeah. start from scratch. It was great. it was it was it was not easy. I'm not complaining, but it was it was a good journey. Yeah. I love it, yeah. Definitely. Uh, so if you could, then uh, we are kind of just curious to hear your story. I like to call it your testimony or your coffee testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, growing up in Colombia, what did that look like? What got you into coffee? Um, just tell me all about that. Uh, okay. Well, I, I think I didn't actually answer your que- your first question. Sure. Uh, yeah, we started out called the Fike Company, but we rena- renamed our brand to the Boy and the Bear. Okay. There was another uh, companies in the U.S. called Fika, yeah. so it was creating a lot of social media tension, tension a lot of social media confusion. I so see. we decided, no, let's just change it. Yeah. We put a lot of effort, a lot of budget on um, uh, branding and social media, and it was yeah. just going around, like going on the sides. So we decided to change the name to The Boy and the Bear, and it feels much, much better. Yeah. Now to uh, answer your, your, your question, yeah. 
Um, well, actually, I didn't like learn about coffee while I was living in Colombia. Yeah, I was always surrounded by coffee, uh, coffee farms, friends that are in in the industry, the whole family. But I never got really much into coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned about good coffee. Let's let's call it specialty coffee. Yeah. Some people call it third wave coffee, but I believe the right way to say it is mm-hmm. specialty coffee. Yeah. Um, probably six, seven years ago, okay. I moved to Sweden after living in, in, in the U.S. from 2008, okay. and I stayed there for almost three years and a half, wow. and these guys really like coffee, good coffee. So they're, they're the lower standard in Sweden for any 99 cents coffee, it's already very good. Wow. So I was like, wow, this is, this is actually good. So I started liking coffee because most of the coffee in the industry is it's basically un- undrinkable. It's so dark, yeah. it's not good quality. And then I go to Sweden and I find a very good standard uh, of coffee, light roast, uh, better beans. So I start liking it and I start digging into like why is it tasting better. Um, there's a small roastery in the small town that I used to live, which is Falkenberg in okay. Sweden. And we start talking to this guy about coffee, like, oh, this, so the coffees are directly traded. This is called specialty coffee. Mm-hmm. That means that the coffees are treated much better, treated much better. Yeah. Um, all the process in the farm are, is more careful. Mm-hmm. So all of the, these little details and angles that add up to a better cup, I was kind of blown up by that. Yeah. Um, and I wanted, by that time, I really wanted to open a company that I could uh, put a lot of branding and graphic design. I'm a graphic designer, okay. by the way. So okay. I really wanted to you mix. Went to for that or I went to university of... for that okay. uh, for five years in Colombia. Okay. So um, I always wanted to create this um, nice branding that people really like with a lot of, with a big, big, like load of design and yeah. people will like. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was the perfect match, like coffee, great coffee, like from farms that I traded. What's the specific farm? What's the specific plant? The specific varietal mm-hmm. uh, with amazing graphic design. Yeah. So what, that's what I went for. In uh, that's probably 2011, 2010 when yeah. all the, this idea was cooking in my brain. Uh-huh. And I went back to Colombia, and I didn't know much about coffee. I actually went to coffee school okay. for a couple of months just to learn. I was yeah. just picking everyone's brain, like going to small coffee roasteries in Colombia and starting to learn. I was so eager to learn how to roast. I bought books, yeah. asking every single one. Uh-huh. So it was a whole process of probably a year and a half before me opening the first little kiosk. Okay. Once we opened the small kiosk, um, then we learned the numbers that we do, all, all, the, yep. all, the, all, the, all the process. So to answer your question finally, um, well, in Colombia, I didn't really learn how to drink coffee I learned in Sweden but then when I got back to Colombia all of these friends that I had and all of these connections like well all my friends it's going to be really useful for me to work with them because they're already in the coffee industry for many many years yeah. so that's the way it worked out pretty well so uh, it came that I like coffee I went to open a coffee roastery and it happens that my friends uh, were growing amazing coffee so that's when all these um concept of direct relationship that we call here trading uh, comes to take form okay yeah um, what did that look like when you started roasting what were you using like were you one of those garage like popcorn roasters or, uh, or poppers I, or what did that scale up look like I started out with a hot top 
know, a hot tub. A hot tub. Okay. Uh, Tell me about that. It's a small. Uh, I won't. No, it's not a lab coffee roaster. It's just a small okay. amateur home roaster. Oh, it's a li- a hot, okay. I thought you were saying like a hot tub, like. You oh, sit. a hot tub. Okay. Um, okay. Can you can you say it for me, please? A hot top. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Great. I thought you were talking about like a hot tub that like you sit in. Oh, like a jacuzzi. oh okay, okay, okay. No, no, no. This that, name that'd I'll be pretty it. weird. <laughs> that would. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't work. I don't know if that would work. <laughs> uh, so, so, oh man, this is funny. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I started out with this uh, small coffee roaster. Okay. Um, and I start digging, you know, like it's it's actually I think it's a very good roaster for learning the basics of it, of the coloring of the coffee, the smell, yeah. kind of that identifying uh, when the coffee is going to be ready, mm-hmm. um, first, if, crack, fir- first crack, first yeah. crack, yeah, like second crack. Uh, when does the coffee taste better? Fifty seconds, I don't know, a minute and a half. So you you kind of learn all the basics mm-hmm. of how to roast decently in a very small roaster actually we still use that roaster for okay. small uh, samples. test samples okay. like a lot of farmers send their coffee yeah. and well our, our our coffee roaster right now it's a little bit too big for of know, 200 grams yeah uh, so that's where we actually were using that roaster where where I learned mm-hmm. uh, to to roast samples and it, it works pretty well like it's okay. it's not crazy you cannot do many many uh, profiles or like dig in yeah. it's just a basic flat profile that you can and were you using that when you started the kiosk or did you get a new roaster by then I was roasting back then in Colombia with a friend of mine okay so coffee, using his roaster a coffee grower that had okay. a, a, a roaster machine and I that's where I started like learning and getting all the principles uh, so we both roasted for my small kiosk okay he still does yeah so yeah that's cool. And so with the kiosk, you guys were doing, you said restaurants, or where were you setting up? Uh, well, we're sitting at a, it's a four restaurant, like high-end restaurant complex. Okay. And we just took a small portion that's like 60 square feet um, for a small bar. Yeah. Uh, all specialty coffee, pour overs. Um, yeah, just basic Small Good overhead, yeah. serving coffee, exactly. getting it to the people. Exactly. So it's actually very popular in my hometown. Um, people say it's like if you want to get good coffee, just go there. Otherwise, you okay. can go somewhere else if you want. Okay. <coughs> I'm sorry. Um, just like you know, like syrup or vanillas, or you can go somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, but if you are serious about coffee, that's the place you should go. Same here. Yeah. We're very, very serious about quality. Uh, so if someone is like very serious about uh, varietals, coffee, uh, coffee pro- uh, I mean cup profiles, uh, this is the place to come. Yeah. What, so talking about that, then what does education look like for the Boyan Bear? As far as you know, this area in the South Bay is very new to specialty coffee. I think the closest is Venice Beach or Long Beach yeah. at Rose Park or Intelligentsia. There yeah. isn't much between, which is yeah. a good 20, 30 miles. What does it look like for you stepping in and educating the South Bay? Well, we we knew from the very beginning that that was going to be all the process. Like we know that eighty percent of our customers are will have to be educated uh, about what we are about. So we've well, first of all, we're stoked to do that. Like yeah. customers are usually very very loyal when they feel like they're learning something, and then you're teaching something to them. Uh, when you are educating the customer, they they like it and they come back for that reason. So that's I see that as a as a plus, as a benefit for us as a brand. 
because we are creating a very solid and loyal customer base yeah. here in the South Bay. So that's giving us a lot of uh, hard ground in the South Bay for us to grow up and, yeah. and, and get more solid. So, yeah. Seems like we, you guys are doing it really well, though. I mean, because I'm only back, I mean, two or three weeks out of the year yeah. in the South Bay, and it's cool to come back and see more people coming in, starting to see people coming in regularly when I'm home. Yeah, it's been... Uh, basically eight months now and from the day one when we started out we are roasting and we are producing we are buying uh, twice as much so oh, wow. we have doubled okay. the sales and we have doubled all, the, all of the production and it's yeah. only eight months uh, uh, since we opened so we we believe like within a year a year and a half it's gonna be way more and yeah. now we're opening the online sales channel okay so it's cool. gonna push more sales and that's that's it's just going forward mm -hmm. uh, hopefully well that's what I see it I don't want to get too cocky with that of course yeah. <laughs> but I see uh, like a very bright future on it yeah I, th I think the market's ready here for sure yeah yeah it's ready like it's been a while uh, since the third wave specialty coffee industry is coming coming around uh, and since what's nothing in the South Bay before us uh, and we're educating the customer, it's getting more and more and more and more. Sometimes yeah. I talk to people like out of my industry, I don't know, I go to my doctor and, uh -huh. oh, what do you do? Yeah, I'm the owner of this coffee roastery. Yeah. What is it called? The Boy and the Bear. Oh, yeah, I heard, I heard oh, wow. you guys. Okay. What is it about? Like, do you guys know about specialty coffee? No, no idea. I just drink coffee from, uh, I don't know, any other brand, yeah. corporation. Uh -huh. uh, okay, this is what we're about. Wow, that's, that's, that's super cool. I, I have to try it. And they already heard about this cool coffee shop that serves yeah. amazing coffee. Uh -huh. So it, it is like basically the, the, the world is the word it's uh, spreading out and uh -huh. people is hearing about it so the buzz is, is just going around and yeah. and it's a positive uh, buzz so yeah it's it's very very positive I'm very positive about uh, what's going on with us yeah. yeah okay so one more question before I get to the speed round um, I think I remember you guys serve exclusively Colombian yeah. coffees why why do you do that uh, well I'm Colombian and the fact of direct trading, you know, direct trade is basically a label that many uh -huh. people talk about, but it's, you go and you dig in and it's never direct, like, it's never that, that real. Yeah. So, I'm, 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 very, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a punk when it comes to stuff like that. I'm, I'm a punk rocker when it comes to stuff like that. And yeah. It has to be true. Uh -huh. I'm not going to pay any labels. I'm not going to label my, my coffee bags that direct trade. I'm Colombian, and it's only Colombian. It's just yeah. as direct as it gets. Mm -hmm. It's coffee from my friends, people that I grew up with. Mm. I don't know, playing soccer on the street. Yeah. So we don't call it direct soccer, trading. Soccer, football? Yeah, football. football. Oh, yeah, okay. we call it, yeah, real football. Okay. <laughs> I, I had a Scottish roommate once, and so I feel like I can say football now instead of soccer. Yeah, so. yeah football. Okay. Well, cool. yeah, like football, South American, okay. uh, um, how do you call it? English football. Um, and um, I lost my track. But yeah, anyways, we were playing uh, on the street and friends that I know, I'm, I'm 32 year old now, mm -hmm. people that I've known from 25 years at least. Yeah. So we're very good friends. They're happy to be um, growing amazing coffee. So yeah, it is as direct as it gets. It's like, yeah. it's, it's, it's no other way that... Well, and I feel like too, there's so much variety within Colombian coffees and especially in a, a market like this it's it's just good coffee which is what people want it's not like you go up to intelligentsia where people want to experiment with Ethiopian yeah etc people just want good coffee and if that's what you can give them yeah, well that was a little bit of a struggle when we first opened like why only Colombians like well I believe 
just Colombia has a whole world of profiles. Yeah. Like if you want a, let's say, a Sumatran kind of coffee, you can find the profile in Colombia, and that's what I want to. That's what I want to expose. Um, again, we call it. We don't call it direct trade. We call it relationship coffees, which is okay. we have established a relationship for a long time with these farmers, and we buy the same coffees all over and over again. That give us a head of getting to know these coffees perfectly. Yeah. So we know these coffees inside out, how to roast them, how to brew them, even though every harvest can be a little bit different. Um, they're still the same coffee, same farmers, same, same procedures in the farm. So that takes us a little bit further uh, on quality. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, the other thing is Colombia has all of these varieties, all of these varietals, all of these altitudes, cup profiles, yeah. uh, processes. We are doing natural processes in Colombia. We are doing honey processes. Uh, we have pacamaras. We have geshas in Colombia. Yeah. We have bourbons in Colombia. And I come here, yeah, 2012. I start doing my research, and I see that most of the coffee roasters, locals, their Colombian variety was like one or two, and it was like Colombian There's Supremo. Offer, yeah. Like just the basic, nothing crazy stuff. And I was like, wait, I live in Colombia. I, I'm just, I was just two months in Colombia, and I tried these amazing Pacamaras. I, I tried these amazing Geishas. Why is people only selling Supremos? So it, it became like a personal challenge for me, like a personal yeah. goal for me to show that Colombia has amazing coffees. Yeah. So that's the way we do it. And I get to go to the farms. I get to pay locally to my farmers. So from my bank account in Colombia to their bank account, that's just the yeah. transaction. So everything Great. is local, everything is direct traded, and it's the best of the best that we can find. Yeah. And everything is exclusive. So no one else has our, our coffees in, in, in anywhere else in the world. So yeah. that's the way we want to have it. Great. So I'm going to go into a speed round then. We're kind of ending our podcast with the speed rounds, so just a couple of questions. Uh-huh. Um, try and answer them pretty quickly. Um, a little bit of a spitfire. Just some doodling there. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to go into it. Uh, there's just a couple of fun questions. Um, so just what's one coffee shop you enjoy paying a visit anywhere in the world? Uh, Rose Park. Rose Park? Yeah. That's also a personal favorite. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite coffee, and what is it? Uh, I do like pink bourbons. I like bourbons in general. Okay. Um, why is that, by the way? Uh, I think pink bourbons, it? well, bourbons in general, the variety, the Colombian variety, um, I think they're very sweet and they're very delicate, they're mild, they're floral. Every time I uh, run into a bourbon from whatever farm it is, it's usually a very good cup. So okay. I believe it's a very like solid, always good, type of coffee and if it's really good it's amazing yeah. so I really like the bourbon's profile okay great um, what's your home setup how do you make coffee at home in the morning um, I do pour overs and I V60 uh, V60 uh, sometimes I do Chemex okay um, when I want a little bit of a stronger coffee I go for a French press okay but yeah like, and usually coffee from the boy and the bear okay yeah. great I gotta do some uh, quality <laughs> assurance yeah exactly out. Um, what's your favorite brew method right now? Right now, I would say Aeropress. Aeropress? It takes a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of experimenting to do with Aeropress. Yeah. Uh, we experiment here a lot. Okay. Uh, but for my day-by-day, day, it takes a little bit too much time for me to... Of course. Well, I have to run every single time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, pour-overs are my fa- fast way out. But my favorite will be French press. It's like a combination of... 
uh, not French press, Aeropress. It's a, it's a perfect combination between French press and the little filter, kind of making it a little bit milder, and then yeah. the air press kind of give it a little bit of a um, brightness to it. So yeah, it, yeah. it is a very good okay. method. Uh, let's see. What is the single best cup of coffee you've ever had or that you can remember? Like you took a sip and you just knew that that was... Um, it was actually fun. You got was... a big smile on his face, so uh, yeah. you know it's true. Uh, a friend of mine, actually one of my oldest friends, this okay. guy that I met since we were five years old, um, he's starting to experiment with uh, natural coffees. Mm -hmm. He's like, man, I'm just reading a lot. I'm asking a lot of people that is doing naturals and I'm trying to do a natural, see what happens. Let's cup it. I go to Colombia, I bring the best four coffees that I find here in the U.S., and I bring them, I ro we roast them. In the cupping table, we include his coffee. Mm. And it turned out to be the best coffee in the table. Was it blind test or? It was blind test. Yeah, okay. we didn't even know which one was. And I didn't really have many hopes on that coffee because he was learning. So something he did wrong or right or something that happens that yeah. he didn't know how he approached it or how he, how he did it, executed, and it was amazing. It was like the best cup of coffee that I ever tried yeah. in my life. And he's still trying to chase that ghost yeah. of how did I do it? I know how that goes. And yeah. uh, it's been now probably, yeah, two years and a half since we tried that cup of coffee. He's getting better and better and better, mm -hmm. uh, but still not there. Okay. So it was like the best cup of coffee ever. It's keeping it fun then. Yeah. Um, who's one person you look up to within the industry? Oh, man. Um, persons. I would say, well, not persons, but I really like uh, Blue Bottle. Okay, so James uh, Freeman. Yeah, I don't know if it's him that makes it all happen. Right. <laughs> but uh, the team of uh, Blue Bottle, I really like, well, I'm a graphic designer. and They do such a good job. And yeah. The, what is it? They raise like $25 million from Google Ventures or something. Oh, really? So they have a lot of money to put into that. Yeah, you can really tell like how clean and how yep. well approached that design is. Not, it's, not, it's never the next big thing. It's just the way you... They just execute it. Yeah. It's so clean. The coloring, uh, every single story is neat. Mm -hmm. uh, the feeling when you walk in is really good. Um, so I really look up to that brand, um, yeah. and that's where I'm, I want to head. Okay. Amazing, clean design. Yeah. Everything. Bart it's well. very well thought. Details in the little, like the little details within the products and uh, the client service. That's that's where I'm heading. Yeah. Great. Okay, so last one. Uh, tell me a song that pairs well with your morning cup of coffee. So you just made your cup, you put on a record or um, a song. What is it? Well, um, whew, that was fun. Uh, I would say, well, lately, I would say any song from The Descendants. Okay. Uh, they just put out a new record. Um, right now, I bought the LP mm -hmm. and I wake up in the morning crank the hell out of that and yeah. make coffee just Great. to pump it up. So, Descendants. Great. Any song. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Andres. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so, we'll get it up soon. And then...